This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 44. Welcome to the podcast. Today we're at Warren Woods Veterinary Hospital and we're doing something a little different for you. I've got two of my fellow veterinarians that work with me here at Warren Woods and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, working in the veterinary profession and also being new mothers because they both have recently had babies. So I thought this would be really fun and interesting. So welcome to the podcast, ladies. Thank Thanks. Thanks. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves and just give us like a short synopsis of kind of your background? Yeah. So, okay, I'll go first. <laughs> Don't be shy. Um, so, my name is Jamie Chakelli. Um, I graduated from Michigan State Vet School in 2016, um, and I've been here um, since graduating, so that's, what, three years? A little over three years now. Um, had a baby about four months ago, and she's the cutest thing in the world. <laughs> of course um, she is. A little biased, obviously, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's, I don't know, that's about it. She's like the center of my world now, and it's crazy. It's crazy how everything changes. Changes everything, so, right? Yeah. Yeah, when you have kids. Um, and I'm Laura Vandegrift. Um, I also went to MSU um, vet school, and I graduated in 2015. And I came straight here to Warren Woods afterwards and have been here since, so four and a half years or so. Um, and I also had a baby. <laughs> He's just over a year now, little Harold. Um, he just turned a year old this month. Um, and yes, everything is different. <laughs> it makes a big difference in your life. <laughs> okay, so if you're hearing background noise, we're at the veterinary hospital, so we can't... Um, account for anything that might happen in the background, vacuum noise, phone noise, so, um, but we're all here and we're gonna have a good time. So would you mind telling me a little bit about your background, like your family? Um, did you have working parents? You know, tell me a little bit about how you grew up. Okay, I'll start. <laughs> um, so I have a pretty big family, uh, my two parents, and then there's four children. I'm the youngest of four. Um, my mother did work. Um, most of my childhood, she was working full-time, and she was also working on her master's degree and then her um, PhD as well. Um, so she was always a very busy person during that time. Um, and I grew up really, I, I pretty much have liked the sciences my whole life. Um, my little sixth grade year, I went to a, a special program where we actually went to school at the zoo um, in Grand Rapids, John Ball Zoo. Um, and uh, ever since then, I knew I wanted to do something in science, but I didn't know what. And so I actually graduated undergrad and um, lived in Chicago for a while. I did this and that um, in the sciences. I worked in laboratories. I worked with dogs, like daycare. And I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And it took me a while to kind of come around to veterinary medicine. So I'm a little bit of a non-traditional path. But when I kind of decided and chose to go into this, um, just everyone around me was like, well, of course you were going to be a vet. <laughs> they like knew <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, they knew it more, on, more than I did. That's funny. Um, but I kind of haven't looked back since. Um, yeah. And you're really happy you made that choice. Yes, absolutely. And stay in yeah. 
in business or science or whatever you or e- even laboratory work. Yeah. Um, I worked in several different laboratories, pharmaceuticals, um, dyes, and it's just there wasn't enough of like a like a problem solving and like challenge um, to it. Um, so it didn't kind of keep my interest as well. Yeah. I like that because a lot of um, veterinarians out there are struggling with our career. Like they're mm-hmm. frustrated and upset and they don't feel appreciated and they feel underrated. And I, I don't know. I just I've always loved this profession and I'm so excited about it. And I like to hear younger people that are, are glad they made this choice, even though we have some difficulties, which we're going to talk about. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Jamie? Yeah. Um, so I did not know uh, that I wanted to always be a vet. I grew up very much wanting to be um, like a psychologist or do social work or um, something along those lines because um, I enjoy helping people. And then I hit 16 and I wanted to make money to buy a car. And so I got a job here um, as an assistant and um, just kind of stayed. How long um, ago was that that oh you started God, working here? too long. I don't what know. is that? 14 years, 14 years ago. Yeah. So you've been here at Warren Woods for 14 years, yeah, which yeah. is really amazing. It's, I think that's cool. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on and off during that school, obviously, but, um, right. but, but yeah, it's, it's a long time. Um, but so, and, and then I was just here and, and something shifted and it was like, I don't know, it's just something just clicked and it was like, oh yeah, no, I like animals and I like helping people. And so it just kind of fit and I never really, never really looked back after yeah. that. So and it's nice because you still kind of get to, to have the whole helping people. It's just in a different capacity. Yeah. Because um, I think half of what we do here is basically social work anyways. So. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but um, but anyways, I uh, both of my parents worked. Um, my mom worked when I was a little bit older. So she was, um, she was home probably until I was, I don't know, fifth or sixth grade. And then she started a job where she would work um, mostly at nights. So we still saw her most of the time. Um, and it's me and my younger brother. Yeah. Cool. I don't remember the rest of And what, how do you feel about your decision to become a vet? Do you think it was a good move? I do. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I can't really picture myself doing anything else. I, I think I could see myself doing something else in this industry. Um, maybe not clinical practice all the time, but, um, but, but I don't really, first, I, I couldn't picture myself doing anything else particularly like a desk job I just couldn't couldn't do it yeah I couldn't do that either that was still all day yeah (laughs) me either I know it's it's difficult so if you were talking to a new vet like let's say in your first year um can you describe like what what was your first year like what what were the challenges what did you expect and not expect you know what so so maybe people out there can relate if they're new brand new vets do you remember your first I, year? I felt like I had no idea what I was doing at all. <laughs> at I think all. that's true of most people. <laughs> at yeah. all. And I remember thinking that you were so smart because you graduated a year before me. I was like, oh my God, she knows all these things. <laughs> um, I didn't uh, feel that way for what it's worth. <laughs> but yeah, you get out and you're just like, in, in theory, I know that I learned these things, but but then you, I don't know, it's just different. Like you it's have to put, to put it, it all into together. Application. And, I, yeah. I remember on my first day, I had a dog come in with a broken toenail, which they do not teach you what to do no, with they that don't in t- school. They don't teach you the easy things. <laughs> and I they remember, only teach you the hard yeah, things. I remember um, you specifically looking at me and saying, what meds do you want to send home? And I'm like, oh, right, I have to make that decision. <laughs> and it just kind of like hit me like, uh, oh, right. Well, I guess we'll do this. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. and I feel like um, something that um, that I would have liked to know is that like there's not always like an exact right or wrong answer. And like you're doing your best, yeah. you know, to, to do what's right for the pet. Yeah. And so, you know, 
a lot of us, I think, have a tendency to feel like we need to do the right thing all the time. And I'm very much a perfectionist, so yes. that's very much true for me. But the truth is, um, there's not an exact right or wrong in most cases. And so, you know, things like a, like an ear hematoma or a broken toenail where we did not learn what to do with right. that in school, yeah. um, we can just kind of do our best. And, and if you need to amend your plan, you need to amend your plan. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I guess I wish I would have known that right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. And having mentors and being okay with asking, mm-hmm. yeah. I think was always difficult for me when I was a new grad is I was afraid to ask the older doctors that I worked with because I thought they'd think I was stupid. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I went home crying to my husband that I was stupid (laughs) because I'd ask him something and they'd be like, well, it's just this. Like, you know, they'd say it so matter of factly. And I think realizing as a new vet that you're not supposed to know it all and they don't teach you it all in school. They just give you the skills to figure it out and be confident enough to do so. That's really important. I think the thing that was most surprising for me was um, like how much stock people place in your what you tell them because mm-hmm. um, I, I my one of my first cases was this dog and I think it had like a I don't know a liver tumor or something like that and they were like well what do I do what do I do and I'm like oh, well you know, <laughs> you, you've got x y and z but it's just that realization of like what I say and how I say it is is going to affect what they end up doing and that was just like a ton of bricks on me that was crazy um just to just to realize that you have that responsibility mm-hmm. um and that you can potentially sway them to go one way or the other, depending on what you say and how you say it. It's just, it, it blew my mind. Yeah. It just blew yeah. my mind. Well, and it is a big responsibility. And I think sometimes that's what weighs on us is we feel responsible mm-hmm. when actually we're really just responsible to educate the client. And then it's their responsibility to make the choices. Right. But I think, I don't, I don't know if that doesn't get conveyed to us in vet school, if it's not something that we're taught that, you know, it's not yeah. when things when the outcome comes, it's not always in our control, Mm -hmm. you know, when the client makes the choice and it no longer is our responsibility if they choose something that we don't necessarily feel is right, Right. you know, and I know a lot of vets feel guilt about that. Yeah. And I don't know how you teach that, you know, I mean, I think it's just, you just have to keep doing it. Yeah. I mean, I think just talking about it, you know, and open up a dialogue that says, look, if a client makes a choice and you don't necessarily agree with it, it's not on you. Mm-hmm. Rather than, like, I know a lot of people take that all home and, like, agonize. Well, that, that pet's suffering and I'm supposed to alleviate suffering. You know, and I think maybe in vet school they they harp on that too much, that we're in charge of alleviating all the suffering in the world. And we really can't. You know, the world is full of suffering. So we can only touch the ones we can touch. And then the ones that the clients choose not to let us touch is, is out of our hands. Yeah. And we have to be able to learn to let that go. And I think that's such a big thing mm-hmm. that we're all trying to figure out, you know, in this profession. All right. So tell me, um, tell me about the whole uh, baby thing. Tell me about how that's affected <laughs> you. Like, I have the perspective of a mom that started with two, you know, babies here at this hospital. I had both of my kids here and then bought the hospital and then went through that whole child rearing thing here. So I have all that perspective. But give me the perspective of how it's changed from being, you know, a relatively new veterinarian and going through all those challenges and now all of a sudden you're a mom. Yeah, I mean, it's just you... I don't know, I kind of feel like my, my entire life is rearranged, you know, and everything sort of, I don't want to say revolves around her, but it's just so much more planning, you know, you can't just like pick up and go anywhere, it's, you know, are we taking the baby, who's going to watch the baby, do we have everything packed for the baby, you know, mm-hmm. it's and it's just so much more of like a forethought that goes into everything, um, 
at least in terms of like taking her places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she's how old? She's almost five months. Five months. And yeah. you were off for three months. Yeah. 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 So it's been two months back to work. Yeah. And, and I mean, how have those months been? Like, are you super stressed? Are you exhausted? What are your feelings? And um, how are you coping with honestly, them? Honestly, it's, it's day by day, <laughs> both in terms of the feelings and, and how, how I'm coping. Um, I think I'm okay most of the time. Um, honestly, a lot of it depends on if she um, is sleeping or not, because I need a lot of sleep, or at least a fair amount. Um, and if I don't get that, the, the whole next day could be, could be off. But, um, I think that, I think I'm less stressed than I could be, um, just because of my schedule. Um, cause I get to be home with her one or two weekdays a week. And, and so that's, that's helped. But in the beginning, I think it was, it was hard to leave her, you know, and it's just, it's that stress of not thinking that anybody can do things correctly or, or do them as well as you. Because we're all perfectionists right. and we all want to do things right. Right. <laughs> um, so, so that was really hard. And just like the, all of the, the guilt, the mom guilt that goes along with that, you know, somebody else is raising my kid and, um, you know, what if they, what if they love me less as they're older, you know, cause I'm not around. Like, it's just that kind of stuff is, uh, those are the things that get me that I think about. So. Yeah. And how do you how do you combat that feeling of guilt? Like, what do you tell yourself is the reason that you work, as opposed to being a stay at home mom? Because I went through that. Because I worked yeah. full time with both my kids, and and I was like, oh, I feel guilty because I'm not staying home. But I knew myself well enough to knew know that I would not be good yeah. as a stay at home mom, and so I had to go down that road. As I'm a better person and a better mother when I am with them, if I have my job and my work, well, how do you how do you think about it? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of it, a lot of it is just me. I know that I, I could not stay at home. I wouldn't be happy staying at home. Um, as much as I, I loved the three months that I had with her and I look back on that and wouldn't do anything differently. Um, like those, there, there were some of those days that, that just sucked. Like you're just, (laughs) you're just home and like watching Netflix and like there's, there's something fine about that but but day after day it's like you just you forget that you're a person you know and like go and have adult conversations and um and using your brain in veterinary right, medicine right feel like so, you're forgetting your stuff I don't know I um I I couldn't stay home it just it, would, it wouldn't be the right choice for me and I think it does make me a better person being here and getting to be away from her and you just kind of tell yourself that and tell yourself like she'll be okay and mm-hmm. a lot of the times it's it's other people telling me she'll be okay you know and yeah what about you Laura how do you feel about Harold and leaving him and yeah working? you're working like half your hours that you work about before, half or a little time. bit more than half yeah so I um I feel really really lucky that I had the ability to come back part-time because I think it's a really good balance for me um, my maternity leave was in flu season winter, um, and so I did not see like other human, human. beings <laughs> in <laughs> many human. days. Sometimes for a week or two, and I was going crazy. And I, I, I do really appreciate my time home, um, but I was already by the time three months was ticking around, I was like ready to come back. But knowing that I was coming back part-time was a huge help to me because I knew that I would still have plenty of time to spend with Harold and do the things I want to do, you know, go to the park and do classes and, you know, um, kind of 
do the fun baby stuff, but I could also exercise my brain and kind of get out and talk to people and, and kind of do the important things that I need for myself. So you feel like you're being the kind of mom you want to be, but also the kind of veterinarian you want to be. You can do both well. Yes. And you I said you're a perfectionist. Honestly, I, I very much am. And I need, I need to leave work at work and I need to kind of do home when I'm home. And I've always tried to do that. But when I was working, you know, 50, 55 hours a week, I would start to really get frazzled and, and kind of, um, I was st- almost, I mean, I wasn't burned out, but I was like taking steps Getting in there. that direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas when I came back, now I'm working two full-time days and then on a rotation for half days on Saturdays. And I get three full weekdays at home with Harold, the whole family's home on Sundays. Um, and I feel like it's a really awesome balance that when I'm with Harold, like we have a lot of fun and we have activities to do and, you know, we can kind of do what we need to do, but I still feel like I'm working enough to kind of, well, frankly, pay my student loans. And <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's also, a factor too. <laughs> but also, you know, um, feel like I'm, I'm um, satisfied with my kind of... Um, my job in this world, like yeah, my, like my the mental of, challenges, exactly. and, and, and I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm helping people, and I, I'm maintaining the relationships with the clients that I see, and things like that. Um, so I think it's a really good balance for me. Did you ever feel guilty about going part time? Because I think I think what I see with some veterinarians out there is they're afraid to say they need less, they need to work less, mm-hmm. because they see other people that are doing full time work and raising kids and. You know, they have that capacity to do that, and then they feel guilty or they feel judged. Did sure. you ever feel a little judged about it? Absolutely. But I feel like as mothers, we get judged no matter what we do. We get mm-hmm. judged if we're stay-at-home. We're get judged if we're part-time. We're judged if we're full-time. I, I feel like to someone's going to... Yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, absolutely, I my personality, I like to do the best. I like to do the most because I can, you know. <laughs> and so I kind of have had to get over that a little bit in the extent where knowing that it's a it's okay to be a part-time vet and a part-time mom you know well full-time mom let's be (laughs) well and really (laughs) in my opinion they're both full-time jobs like I always felt like I was a full-time mother even when I was here because even when you're working uh, there's a little tiny part of your brain that's at home with your kids and then when you're at home with your kids there's a little tiny you know at least when I was working because I was also trying to run the hospital. There was a little part of my brain here mm-hmm. trying to run the hospital. And I, and I think that's okay. I think we got to put the narrative out there that no matter how you handle it and do it, that the kids are going to be okay. And, mm-hmm. you know, my kids sometimes, and I've said this on the podcast before, they'll give me a hard time. Yeah, mom, you left us at daycare in the summer and it was hot and we had to be outside. And, you know, they make it sound like they were in the desert, you know, with no water <laughs> because they probably did have bad days there. But um, I just, I feel like it was the right thing for me and thus for them because, you know, both my kids have grown up to be really strong individuals and, you know, not that they're perfect and they don't have their struggles like everyone else. But I think as long as you're well loved and well cared for by your mother, then, you know, it's, there's no right way to do it. At least that's my opinion. So I kind of want to alleviate some of that mom guilt out there that people have a tendency to feel. Because they don't, they don't have it with their with the guys. Like the guys don't feel guilty oh, no. about going to work. No. no so no. why should we, right? Mm. So what else do you want? To, is there anything else you want to say about the new baby thing, or do you have any advice for new mothers? Like things you learned these early months and year of how it is to balance your career and the and the baby. Do you have a piece of advice? 
um, I guess just maximize your time at home. Like, really enjoy that. And I'm a big proponent of not bringing work home with you, like mm-hmm. trying to leave work at work and really enjoy the time you have at home. And I've been trying to do that very much, you know. So I may stay here later than I want to on, you know, my work days, but my goal is to, like, write up all my charts and be done with all my phone calls so that I, when I'm home on my days off... When the off, door shuts, you're yeah, no longer here. Exactly. And you can't do it perfectly, and you're always going to get phone calls, and yeah. you're always going to have things that you need to do. But if you can make that a real priority, I think that that really... I think you maximize your time at home with the baby. And then. set some boundaries mentally and physically mm-hmm. around what people can do. And not be afraid to communicate that to the people that you work for. Because I think some people are afraid to ask for what they need. Mm-hmm. You know, I know over the years I've had a lot of veterinarians work for me. And, um, you know, if they just would ask for what they need, I'm always happy to accommodate. But some people don't. Like, they hold it all in until, like, they're exploding. And, you know, so if you work at a hospital that's at all reasonable, go and ask for what you need. And if they're not willing to help you and accommodate you, then there's plenty more places and people that will. There's lots of practices out there. There's no reason to suffer. That would be my piece of advice is just ask for what you need. What about you, Jamie? Do you have anything? I I think that having a a good support network is really important because there's going to be those days where you just, you feel like you're not doing anything right. Like you're not doing the mom thing right. You're not doing the vet thing right. Like just nothing is working and you need, I think it's really important to have people in your life who are like, no, it's, it's okay. Like, first of all, everybody has these days um, where just everything seems to kind of blow up in your face, but also you're going to forget about this day in, in a week, you know, it's, it's just kind of how it goes, but just to have those people who who can remind you of the important things, I think are really important. Um, or else you do end up kind of bottling it up and, and that's not healthy at all mm-hmm. for anybody. Yeah, like I said, I used to go home and cry to my husband when I yeah. felt stupid or I'd made a mistake mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. a client and a client was mad at me. I'd go home and cry to him and mm-hmm. I'd say, I'm so dumb. And he's like, you're not dumb. You know, he would yeah. support me. And yeah, I really think that that's important. Yeah. So you don't. And realize that you're a human. Like, I think we try to pretend right. like we're not human and that we're supposed to be perfect and mm-hmm. every surgery is supposed to be perfect and every, you know, everything that we do. Um, okay, so what is it that... I have some questions written here that I'm trying to look at. What about... What, what are you curious about now in this time of your career? And what, do you, what would you love to learn next? Like, what is your... What are you curious about, either as a mom or as a veterinarian? Hmm. That's a good question. With me, I guess what I would say is that I'm curious um, every day to learn more about myself and how I relate to other people. Like, I'm, I'm always curious about personalities. You guys know this about me. I love personality profiles and that kind of thing. And trying to figure out a way to get along with other people Mm -hmm. if it's the people that I work with or the clients and then also how to keep myself focused because I have a tendency not to focus and so because I am I'm one of those people that finds detail difficult trying to teach myself to be more detailed and you know understand that about me and how do I work around it I guess that's what I'm curious about learning more about myself and then how so I can learn about others and do a better job with them. For me, it's, I feel like um, the kind of, for example, continuing education or, you know, um, learning opportunities that I, I look for, 
for me, I'm, I'm just always looking for practical, like what is the easiest or the best way to deal with this thing that I see eight times a week? Yeah. You know, like simple. what is the very best like diabetes, thanks yeah. your special, right? <laughs> I don't want it to be my special. <laughs> I know. Um, I just said that because you get a lot of diabetics yes. and you're always and cats. grumping about coughing it. cats. Oh, I yeah. see tons of coughing okay, cats. That's for your latest reason. one. And even, you know, with my kind of what I do for coughing cats evolves over time because I see more and more. And more it's like, oh, learn. well, you know, we should probably be doing this test as well just to make sure we're not missing something here. And, you know, um, I, I've, I really try and seek out like the practical stuff for the things that we see all the time so that I can do those common things well. You know, that, that's kind of what I've been focusing on lately, I think. Can you think of something, Jamie? I don't know. I mean, certainly, certainly anything continuing education um, is, is always on my mind. You know, we were, we were talking earlier, I want to go to a big conference again, because it's been a bit and, and things do change so rapidly um, that, that you kind of feel like you're left in the dust, you know, if, if you don't keep up with it. Right. So, um, you know, all things continuing education. I don't know. I mean, I'm always curious about, um, like, efficiency and, and getting people to communicate better with each other both kind of within a team and then as well kind of translating over to clients as uh, too. Um, that's always been something that, that I love and would love to explore further. So yeah, I don't know. We're, for, for my family, we're just kind of in a, we're in that phase of we're, we don't know what's going to come next, you know, and it's kind of exciting because there's like, there's always opportunities available and, and it's just a matter of figuring out, you know, which ones to take and, and cause they're all very different directions. And right. so it's, it's kind of fun. Um, to, to kind of think about those types of things. So one of my questions that I wrote down was, um, what's something that you tried at and failed? And have you ever had a big epic failure? I have one of the podcasts I talk about my epic failure, my one big one, but I've had plenty. Um, so is there something like right on the top of your head that you can feel like at the time you thought was a, a horrendous thing, but then it taught you a lesson of some sort? Because I, what I'm trying to teach people and what I talk about a lot on the podcast is, you know, failing is part of the process and we have to kind of be comfortable with that in order to progress, you know, in our life. I mean, here we're recording this podcast at the hospital and the intercom's going off and people are slamming doors and so it's going to be a little bit, you know, maybe um, hard for people to listen to when they hear <laughs> that stuff. But, you know, is there something that you've, you know, that happened and you don't have to give details, like you don't have to talk about a case or something, but is there something that taught you a lesson, either working as a veterinarian or before that, that kind of changed your life? You said you're right now trying to make decisions for the rest of your life, mm -hmm. and... I don't know, I can't think of any um, specific epic failures. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that they are there, but... They will um, come. You know, it's, it's, I think that it's, it's really important to realize that, that you have these little like micro successes and micro failures every single day. And, and I think it's important to reflect on those and, and recognize that they happen, but then also kind of make a game plan of, you know, yeah, I could have said that differently, or, you know, maybe I'll do this differently next time. So that way, ultimately your trajectory is kind of like on an uphill path. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything specifically, though. Yeah, I mean, several uh, things that, that like, um, patients that I wish went differently. Like, I have several in, in my history. Oh, yeah, history. we all do. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody does. Like, Anybody oh. that's been doing this job yeah, more than a year the, the, has plenty <laughs> of those. Well, and I was reminded recently of one, so I guess I'll, I'll, I'll kind of mention that. And I know you were here for this one. 
um, we had a dog come in who had basically a painful abdomen. Um, and it was a dog that eats everything. And, you know, one of those types of things where it's like it was young, it was like a husky type thing, oh, I you know, I gets know into everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went to feel her abdomen and she just like yelled in pain, like she was super painful. And it's like, oh my gosh, did this dog eat something? And so, you know, we take the x-rays and they're really like abdominal x-rays always are with foreign material. They're like, eh, I don't like the way it looks, but it's not obvious. And I don't obviously see something, but right. she's really painful. And we kind of went back and forth and... I'm always very um, careful to kind of give people all their options and go over like the pros and cons of things. And the owner ended up wanting to do a, an abdominal exploratory um, because she was very painful and we kind of, we didn't know. And it was a negative exploratory. And then the dog, um, you know, we did kind of all the supportive meds and, and um, set her home and maybe what, two, two, three days later, a little while later, the dog came back and it actually had a huge, massive sub-Q abscess that stretched like all along her, um, like her flank. Yes, I remember that dog, yeah. And um, it burst open. And so then it was really obvious what the problem was. And she ended up at like an emergency hospital for like 10 days or something. I think one of the specialty hospitals, it was so bad. Yeah, Yeah, and it was one of those things where I beat myself up about that for like months. Yeah. Because I, I missed it. You know, but I missed, I, I missed it too. It. Yeah, well, you had multiple doctors and miss it. And when it I, once I you. knew what happened, I went back and looked at those x rays, and it's like, oh, there is this little area right here in the sub Q that looks a little funny. But I looked at those x rays, and you looked at them, yeah, and I think a third doctor looked at them, and yeah. none of us caught it. Right. Yeah. And so I think that that, that case um, taught me a couple things. Um, it taught me to always be very careful um, to, to not make assumptions about what you think is going on um, because, you know, given given the history, you know, in the painful abdomen, we all kind of were leaning that way because that's what you expect. Right. Um, but you're not always right with your expectation and you need to make sure that you're careful to rule out the other stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, on a medical aspect, I feel like I learned that. But also on like a more like personal aspect... I, I learned that, you know, I'm going to make mistakes, and I am such a perfectionist that that hurt. I bet that, that was, was hard for you to That was probably one of my first cases yeah. where, like, I just flat out missed it. And you probably beat yourself up. Absolutely. I mean, the, I should did plenty quit. of crying, and, yeah, cried. and like, I missed yeah. it, and I'm a bad doctor. Yeah, and like, I suck. And, yeah. But um, kind of on the other end of it, it's it's good to learn that it's okay and I was still trying. Like, it's not like I, I didn't care right. about this case. It just happened. Yes. And the dog is fine. Like, it was a mess. The owner Luckily, was not happy right? yeah. Yeah, <laughs> about the situation, but she was understanding. nasty either. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it was just one of those things where it it's been like, a lot worse. this is how medicine goes. Yeah. You know, it's not perfect, and there, mm-hmm. it's not it's often not clear, and that's just what happens. Yeah. And so to me, that was, that was kind of a the good that I got out of that situation, you know, months later. Right, right. It <laughs> months a, later, it I tried to find to get the good. your brain there, yeah. <laughs> At yeah, the but time, it you was will like, never, oh. you will never miss something like that probably ever again. I always Although I don't know. <laughs> Although I don't know. It would have been hard to catch, I think, yes. even had we known. Yes. But yep. still, it's something that you do get taught. Absolutely. All right. So is there any other advice you want to give new mothers or anything you want to talk about about the whole mother thing or parenting thing? And then I think we'll just try to say a few more things and we'll close it down. So I think we've been talking a little while now. I think I think 
kind of going back to what you were saying about being sure to put out there what it is that you need and say what it is that you need. Yes. Um, especially when it comes to like nursing and if you are pumping at work, like, you know, you sometimes you have to be vocal of, you know, I, I, I have to go do this. I have to go pump. I'm sorry that this client is going to have to wait for 10 minutes, mm -hmm. but this has to happen right now. Um, and I think being really clear about that, um, is, is really important if, if that's something that that you want to do That's is important to you, yeah. right? Because right. nobody's gonna gonna carve out the time for those kinds of things if you don't, you know. Well, like, and it's a just, boundary that you're you setting to, for yourself. Yeah. It's a, it's an important thing that you want to do for your baby, and it's something that you're you just have to do. Yeah. And if the clients have to wait, the clients have to wait. Yeah. You know, and I think that's one of the beauties of working in a group practice too is that hopefully there's more than one doctor here on a given day, and that the other doctors could cover for you. You know, like at one point you guys were both pumping yeah. in the office. Yep. yep. <laughs> Our pumping suite. Yeah. <laughs> and so just being being okay with that and being confident about that and making sure, you know, even if you work for men, because when I started yeah. working, I worked for all men. And I basically just had to say, look, this is part of the deal, you know, and make them deal with it. So, yeah, that's really important. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Um, well, going oh, back to... New mom? Yeah. Well, I was going to... Um, circle back to the being a new vet. Um, yes. I think do. something that I've been thankful for and was certainly thankful for when I first um, started was working in a atmosphere where um, people were not afraid to ask each other um, and you had that support there. I think it's super important to um, try and seek out a first job somewhere where you're going to have someone to talk to, even just to bounce off ideas. I think that that will be setting yourself up for more success. Yes, you know, I agree. Um, that should be a priority looking for a first job. Make sure it's a, an atmosphere where people are not afraid to ask each other questions and you're going to have someone physically there to talk to. And it's um, not going to make you feel stupid when you right. ask a question. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's super important. And that's something I've appreciated in our situation is that everybody's asks, bounces cases off each other. Well, and you know, a lot everyone. of, even the, the older two, Dr. Haywood and myself, will ask you guys because you're newly, more new out of school and you might know things that we don't know. Yeah. yeah. And that's always been really important, I think, to go back and forth. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. yeah. So having support here as well is, you know, at work is, is yes. very helpful, I think. Yeah. I think it really does set up the rest of your career, like how your first job dictates how you will practice for the rest of your life in most cases. Yeah. Well, mine did. And I, I had a bad experience on my first job. And it really did set me up yeah. for a better better choice the second time around, better morals, because the place I had originally worked at was not ethical. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was determined after that that I was not going to work in a practice where they didn't do things that I thought was morally or ethically right. Yeah. And I think that's important, too, for you as a young vet not to work somewhere that goes against your brain mm -hmm. and you know I learned that lesson the hard way but um, you know just knowing that there are places that you can mesh with regardless of who you are and what your personality is mm -hmm. all right so um, so my last questions that I wrote were kind of more fun things so if you had to, to pick a profession I know we would all pick veterinary medicine <laughs> but if you had to pick something else that you would like to try what would you like to try Hmm. I can go first if you want. Yeah, go. I, I have, have, I have one that interests me. Yeah. yeah. 
So I always thought engineering would be interesting. Really? Because I like how stuff works. Yeah. You know, I like to I kind of see, see how things yeah, I work. Can, and I can see that yeah. with you, yeah. Again, it, it kind of goes back to the problem-solving yes. thing as well. Um, but I always thought, you know, if I didn't end up down this path, that would, would be, that an, would be an interesting one. And okay. it seems like you can get good jobs. Like, it's a practical thing as well. But, yeah. like, I don't know. I like I like how things work. Okay. So I think engineering would be my That's choice. Yeah. How about you, Jamie? Um, I, I, I really like efficiency stuff. And so like as like, boring as this sounds, you know, like I think it'd be really cool to, um, to, I don't, I don't even know what it looks like. Just do something in terms of helping hospitals be more efficient or, um, or communicate better. Yeah. Like some kind of consulting that's totally, thing. That's totally I, an entrepreneur thing you could I do. I would love it, you know, and, and I don't, I don't even know how you like get that off the ground to be like, you know, I'm going to come in your hospital and tell you everything that I think you're doing wrong. <laughs> there are people that, that do that. That wouldn't work so well, but, yeah. um, I don't know. I think that that would be a lot of fun. And I think that that would be like it's problem solving in a different sense, you know. It's mm-hmm. it's very much like the interpersonal problem solving. So I don't really know. But what still that in would the veterinary like, field, fun, you know, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't even have to be a veterinary field. I mean, we, my husband and I, we go anywhere, and I'm like, oh, they could totally be doing this so much better. <laughs> this could be so much more streamlined. See, I do the same thing with business. <laughs> yes. I'm like, I'm like, I wonder how much it costs to run this place, yeah. and I wonder what their overhead is. Oh. I go, ah, that's where I go. And, and I'll tell him he thinks I'm crazy because we'll go somewhere. And I'll be like, all right, listen. So if this person would just do this, then this whole thing could be 20 <laughs> minutes faster, and we wouldn't have to wait, you know. Um, so I don't know. That's I think something like that would be a blast. So what would you not like to do? Like, what would your Ugh. absolutely worst job be? Anything at a desk. Yeah, I kind of agree. Ugh. Desk jobs? I know. In my whole life, I've never had a job where I just sat because I can't, mm-hmm. I can't, like, understand how you do it's that. Tough, right? <laughs> my yeah. husband right now, he's, like, the only person in his office because everybody else is just, you know, they're on leave or, or have family obligations or whatever. Um, and so he just sits in an office by himself all day reading the things, reading briefs and stuff, and I'm just like, oh, that, like, that sounds like torture. It's yeah. just awful. Cool. All right. So is there anything else that we didn't talk about that you think we should? Anything else you want to share? We can always do this again if we want to pick a, like, a specific topic to talk about, because I really, I really think getting this information out there, there's just so many veterinarians that are struggling, Yeah. and I think they need to hear from people that you know, are, are really liking what they do and how they figure this all out. Anything else we should talk about, or do you think we covered most of it? We covered most of it. Okay. I think, I don't know, I think that just being able to, um, just being able to talk about things that helps so many of the problems that our profession is facing right now. Um, Feeling like you're not alone in these yeah, feelings. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. especially with the whole motherhood thing and you've got those hormones going like crazy afterwards, like it's it's important to know that you're not by yourself and, and that everybody goes through these same feelings at one point or another. Um, and just that, that it's all okay and you wind up okay on the other end, you know? Right. And it's normal human stuff yeah. that yeah. We, we are going to have good yeah. days and bad days. And maybe that it's okay to not 100% prioritize that med. You know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that doesn't I have to be your whole life. That Maybe that's a good kind of big change that happens, you know, since I had a child. Yes. Is, mm-hmm. You know, it used to be that my life revolved around my job, and now it's like my life revolves around my family, mm-hmm. and I also work. Right. You know, and I, I that's okay. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree. And I, I made that same shift mm-hmm. when I had my kids. I was, I was determined that if something was going on at school, I was going to be there. And I figured out a way to make that happen and not miss. I didn't miss very much when my kids were growing up. And and I think if you do miss a lot, you'll regret it. Yeah. And I, I just would advise people to not take veterinary medicine as seriously 
you know, you're not personally responsible for every pet in the world. Mm -hmm. There's plenty of us out there, and if Mm -hmm. you have to be home with your family, then somebody else will take care of that pet. Or if you want to be home with your family. Absolutely, right. We're all such high achievers. Like, that's how we got into vet school. Mm -hmm. That's how we made it through. And it's, I think it goes back to the guilt thing, where, where we have a tendency to feel guilty if we prioritize anything above our patients or you know whatever but again it's just it's okay yeah it's okay to want a family and to be with them and to do the things yeah and your your personal humans that you created are the are the real priority all right well I thank you guys so much for doing this I'm so excited I love it when I have people on the podcast (laughs) because then I don't have to drone on the whole time it's way more fun to talk to people and have people and I hope the sound is okay I hope that uh, no hair dryers in the background. Yeah, <laughs> I hope I hope that uh, people out there listening can hear us okay, and that that they don't get frustrated with the sound. But um, I really appreciate you both being here. And if you're out there and you're struggling with anything, please reach out to us. You can email um, me at jacapeldvm uh, at gmail.com and ask us any questions, and I will pass them on to these lovely veterinary friends of mine. And if you are in trouble, reach out for help. There's plenty of people out there that want to help us in this profession. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And we'll see you next week on the podcast. Bye. (laughs) Bye, ladies.